Welcome back, Coffin Bond listeners, episode 142. Tony, I was springing across the other room from the other side of the room all the way to get to this mic as Willard was starting it, but we're here. We are here, and luckily he hadn't pressed start. <laughs> yeah, but I'm ready to go. Look, Tony, we've got a special guest today, um, which we'll introduce you, you to in a minute. Um, but we, we had a great relationship with his father, and that's sort of where I started in the industry with you as well, was around that time. So I guess the, the, the history behind this story that we're going to tell today um, is sort of my introduction to the industry, and then now his introduction to the industry. Yeah, is. Um so, do you want to introduce Jordan? Oh, I can. So, uh, <laughs> our special guest today is Jordan Odd. Uh, Jordan, welcome to your first podcast. Yeah, it's good to be here. That's good. Uh, yeah, so just a bit of background. Um, I actually met Jordan's father, Daniel. Um, it would have been 13 years ago now, 13, yep. 14 years ago. And uh, through actually a mutual client. Um, so, I still remember the client's name, uh, Tom Winter. And Tom said, have you ever thought about buying an accountancy firm? I said, I've thought about it. And he goes, I need to introduce you to my accountant. So Tom was originally from another accounting firm. And that's actually how I met Daniel. Uh, so um, at the time, I wasn't buying anything. So, But we actually got along with... You meet Daniel, it was really hard not to get along with the guy. I yeah. mean, there's not too many people that laugh at my jokes, but he was one of them. So, so I just latched onto him, that was it. So it's... Um, Great relationship was formed, good friendship, good working relationship. Uh, at the time, he was attached to another firm, and then he rang me up uh, one Christmas and said, can I meet you for a coffee? I said, absolutely, and said, I've decided just to refer on my business to you. And that was great. And that realistically, we just uh, formed Kofkin Bond at the time from nothing, yep. uh, so certainly not the firm it is today. And it was, um, yeah, so that was, that was my first relationship with an accounting firm when I decided to come back into the industry. And through that, great friendship. Um, I got him to buy a Trek bicycle, which I think you're riding nowadays, Jordan. Yeah, still got it. Took him out in his first 100k bike ride. I think he slept for four weeks after that. So, <laughs> so, yeah. so I actually took him out with Terry, the pastor. Yeah. And yeah, so Daniel was very excited for the first hour and then for the last three hours, he's just cursing us. And if you know Daniel, he didn't curse that much. Well, we, were talk- <laughs> we, were, we were talking about a bike ride in here and Jordan jumped straight in. He goes, I'll come on the bike ride and I'm still making excuses not to come. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> see how Yeah, so... No, so a really, really strong relationship was formed with Daniel. And actually, the first clients he ever referred me was actually Jordan's grandparents. Uh, so they were, they were the first... That were the, your, your grandfather and grandmother were uh, the first clients that I had under Kofkin Bond. They're the very first clients. Yeah, they're the very first clients, and still have a wonderful relationship with them. It's hard not to with your grandfather, (laughs) isn't it? So it's uh, I was chatting to him the other week. So yeah, really good relationship, and obviously it was also then formed with uh, Marianne, Jordan's mum, and things like that. So as as per with a lot of our clients and things like that, you know, when you know someone for so long, it does become a very friendly relationship. And in in the uh, with Daniel, it actually became true friends as well. Yeah, so my background, I guess, on it as well is I remember getting introduced to Daniel very early on. Uh, we went out to Ringwood, out to the office. Um, when they first merged, when actually. They, when they first merged yeah. um, to make longboard accountants. And 
I might have met him just before that as well, but I still remember getting out there to Ringwood um, to meet the team, um, and he was always great to actually responding when we were doing events. He was the first one to come, so yeah. and would respond to me. So that, that's how my relationship formed with Daniel at the start um, and that firm out there. Yeah, yeah, and it, they they put together a really good firm. So they were an amalgamation of a couple of firms. Yep, and formed longboards and named it longboards because they were all uh, longboard surface. <laughs> so it's trying uh, to be trying. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. That's what I. I like to pretend I am. Never been on one, but don't, don't, don't ruin the story. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess the next step from there it was our introduction to you, Jordan, um, and that was through Daniel. And yeah, well, I actually first met Daniel. Uh, or sorry, first met Jordan. Uh, he rang me from one of your tours. Um, Just the one in Iraq. In Iraq, was yeah. it? So uh, I didn't ask where you were because I don't think you're legally allowed to tell, eh? Nah. No. No, yeah, so after all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that, so. well, that's where I want to start the story with you, Jordan. Um, mm. So I guess that story starts of you know, leaving high school um, yep. and then into the military. Yep. What made you make that decision? Uh, it was a bit lost, I guess. Yep. Um, His father was distraught. <laughs> My mum was worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess wanted to serve serve people. Um, didn't know what that looked like at the time and then the army looks exciting as well. So yeah. thought why not go down this path? Was that fresh of eighteen, nineteen? When was nah, that decision? So made? I originally tried uni for a little bit. Yep. Hated it. Yep. And then yeah, went when I was nine still eighteen, just turned nineteen. Yep. While I was in there. Yeah. So the start, how did that sort of, that first eight-week play? Is it Kapuka that you need to go to? Yeah, Pakapanya. Uh, Pakapanya, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, nah, Wagga Wagga. Yeah. Wagga Wagga. Yeah. Okay. So I was right. Training. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I've been there before. Yeah. I, I walked in, seen them, and I'm never going back near that place again. <laughs> <laughs> My discipline wouldn't go well. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting being away from family. I think that was a tough one for a lot of people. Like, yeah. you don't have your phone or anything. But yeah, you're like, allowed your phone at church on a Sunday, aren't you, for about ten yeah, minutes? Yeah, so like you either do church or you on your phone. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was interesting. Like the first night, see, parents would have been distraught if you rang them on Sunday as well because you meant to be in church. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so. On, on that, actually, um, we did go to visit our friends that were were there. Um, they were sort of finishing up, and the church vibe there was actually fantastic because like. All of them got into it so much um, and like just singing and like punching each other and dancing around yeah. and it actually was a really good vibe. I guess it's like the one free moment you have. So yeah. Like they really lap it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you, you pass that and what were the, sort of the next stages within? So after that you go to your initial employment training. Yep. Um, that was in Singleton in the Hunter Valley, New South Wales. Yep. Um, and that's more focused on exactly what you're doing. So I went into Rifleman. So it's just basic soldiering, I guess. Um, and they really like defensive ops, um, offensive ops, all that sort of stuff. So big change from sort of being at home and then now sent away in New South Wales and then New South Wales again. Yeah, yeah, big difference. Uh, it was good for me though, like you learn a lot. Yeah. But I guess it really affirms like who you want to be. Yep. So that was really good. It's interesting, you know, you joined knowing that Australia was involved in an armed conflict. So yeah. you knew you were going to be serving. Yep. And your parents obviously knew you were going to be serving. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast this morning with the comedian Earthquake, who yeah. actually spent nine years in the military. And I said, oh, that was interesting. Why would you join that? And he goes, well, the nine years I was there, I never got one rank higher than what I did from day one. Uh, so I, I was kind of not good at soldiering. <laughs> um, and he said, but I actually, I actually quite enjoyed it. So I joined because it was the way of getting out of home with, from my mum. Yeah. Um, and I thought, 
okay, no, that's fair. And he said, so you did nine years? And he goes, yeah, I would have done 20, except uh, the US went to war. So I decided <laughs> no, I didn't join the army to go to war. So, But yeah. whereas you you actually joined knowing that you would be deployed. Yeah, well, the yeah. ultimate goal was special forces at the time. Yeah. Um, didn't eventuate, obviously. Uh, thought, I guess you came to a point like uh, family life or that sort of direction. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And you, you you were in a strong relationship at that time, but you certainly weren't married uh, yep. at that time. So you, we, you were still in the forces when you did get married, though, weren't you? Yeah. So Must have been a bit hard, being separated. and uh, Yeah, it was a big difficulty because, like, say, I remember 2015, I think we were outfield, so that's where you go pretend to be war. Yeah. Um, outfield for, like, nine months of the year, so... Wow. It's pretty, pretty rough on yeah my wife. But. Yeah, yeah. So, and you're not at home at all for that nine months. Yeah, so that's outfield, like completely not at home. And then you come back on base for like a weekend, and then you're out again doing different tasks and whatnot. Tough. Hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. tough. So, what year did you deploy out? It's yeah, you can could say it's deployment. So they like Pakapanyal. You yep. go to that base. And you'll do training manoeuvres with, like, tanks and whatnot yep. out there. Um, yeah, we had a place called Goltana in South Australia where I was based. Yep. Um, yeah, and you just go do random stuff out there. And, and you tour to Iraq? What year was that? 2016. Yep. Yeah, so that was the second half of 2016. Yep. Just for six months. Um, yeah, not a lot. Long, t- long, long, long way to go, um, and that's where I guess Tony, Tony met you at that point. Um, was actually out there on deployment. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess your first introduction to financial planning, you, you, you were fresh to it. Um, how did you find sort of that first meeting and, and getting your head around things? It's a bit well, hard. He's on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I remember his father rang me and said, "Will you speak to Jordan because he's earning good tax-free money now? And I want him to buy a house." I think that was pretty much the conversation. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think he sent through all the documents and I had to go through it by myself. But yeah, it was interesting. My yeah. head wasn't in the space. So <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I wanted to buy toys instead. <laughs> As most people do. Yeah. 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 Oh, I do. <laughs> I still do. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, so that, that was my first introduction was having a chat to Jordan. He actually just rang the office and um, yeah, as soon as I knew it was him, I took the call and I said, but you're not in Australia at the moment, are you? And you, know, you, you couldn't necessarily ask where he was, but yeah, it's on deployment. That was, that's actually another first form. It's the first time, as you know, we've got a lot of veterans as clients. It was the first mm-hmm. time I've actually spoken to uh, serving, someone serving who's actually on deployment at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's um, so we've, we've got retirement. Yeah, we've got a few time. serving uh, officers at the moment who are okay. clients, uh, but they're based here. Yeah, uh, they're actually not on deployment. So yeah, that was that was that was an interesting another first. Yeah, yeah, well, so they, more. yeah, yeah. that's right. So yeah. Now Tony, we have spoken before on the podcast um, about Jordan's father and, and, and some some of the work that we did um, and an introduction that I have, but I'll get you to touch on it as well and, and sort of set the scene in that regard, but talking around buy-sell agreements. So we talked about the three firms coming together um, and we put a buy-sell agreement in at that point. Yeah, so there were three partners in the firm and basically what we did was we put a valuation together on the firm. So when you've got, actually got no partners and you're just out there by yourself, it's, you know, there's the only thing you want to do is if something was to happen to you is make sure the family's not left with debt, etc. So we actually did do a 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, just all having a laugh at Jamie coughing. Um, but we actually did go and make the recommendation to them. They actually now got these firms. Here's what the value of the firm is. They're all th one third equal shareholders. And basically it was a case of now that if something was to happen to one of those shareholders, they have to buy those shares off their family. So we put insurance in place to cover uh, death and TPD in the event of uh, one of the directors slash shareholders, um, you know, unfortunately not being with us. Uh, nobody ever wants insurance to be a claimable event. And we also did um, the key person insurance as well because they all were key people and put the key person cover in place to ensure that in the event of a major trauma occurring uh, that there was enough money in the company to keep the company afloat to hire uh, one or two new people to replace those directors. So that was put in place and then as a result of that all everyone's personal insurances were also put in place and then most importantly you know the insurance is in place but it has to be backed by a legal agreement so that's when we got Joe Walters involved she came in and she put the buy-sell agreement in place a legal document which realistically is all I call it is a corporate will. Get your personal will it's just a corporate will if this happens this is what happens if this happens this is what happens you know so it's just the instructions and yeah it's you then hope that it's all signed and put into the top drawer and never thought of again yeah. uh yep yeah. and that was actually the first buy sell agreement you had ever worked on with yep yeah. so i did, did all the paperwork around that i, I did the admin <laughs> <laughs> i did the chasing up mm. um but no, like I, I think it, it it was a real good eye opener for me to see the way that that's put together, yeah. um, and to actually talk about you had to put about sixteen insurance policies in place. Yeah, for that. and to actually talk about how, you know, what that future can look like, and, and how that would help the company and things like that. Um, I really enjoyed sort of that learning, mm. um, especially under the three guys doing it. You know, we had some great laughs out there um, putting it together, and you know, all three different. Ones. Daniel laughs at everyone. Yeah, uh, Martin's just a dry sense of humour, and Michael's just a clown. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that, yeah. that was enjoyable, but um, I guess going on from there, we, we've actually seen the importance of the buy-sell agreement um, yeah. and the effects that actually does take place. Yeah, I remember um, getting a text message from Michael, one of the partners, on a Sunday, yep. and which was rare. Michael, hardly, you always had to be chasing Michael, very rarely got contact, but especially on a Sunday, and he said, Tony, can you give me a call urgently, please? So... I did, and he told me that Daniel had had severe headaches during the week, and I think it was on the Thursday or the Friday. Friday. Uh, the Friday, he went to, was it Ringwood Hospital? or Marunda. Marunda Hospital down Ringwood Way, yeah. And um, because just suffering the severe headaches, they did an MRI, and they found a lesion on his brain. Um, and that came as a shock to everyone. Uh, Daniel was... I don't think it turned 49 at that stage, so no. No, so he would have been 48, and it was just like, oh shit. Um, and yeah, so that's when a whole flood of emotions come from that, because unfortunately I've been involved in this type of case before, and you know, the even if things are caught early, the results can still be long-term disability as well. Uh, you are playing with the brain on that basis. Um, so as much as I had to swing straight into business mode and do the job that we're actually paid to do, I uh, couldn't really do that on a Sunday. 
and but this was also speaking about someone who was very dear to me yeah, yeah. who was a friend and I remember the, the following weeks and you know I know you left work a fair few times over to go home because it was sort of taken it's very emotional back. yeah really um, really impactful I mean we've done lots and lots of claims but this was um, this one had the greatest impact on me yeah. So, Jordan, I don't want to ask you too many personal questions around that time and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, but through that process, I guess, you know, you were probably one handling it with your mother, um, mm-hmm. especially from that financial side and things like that. So that was sort of your first introduction to seeing that other side of insurance, wasn't I will, it? I will state one thing. Yeah. When, um, when Daniel was um, at St Vincent's going in for his first operation, um, I went down, Boyana and I both went down and saw him, your mum was there mm-hmm. and we were chatting with Marianne as well and Daniel was, as Daniel is, talking about, yeah, and this is business and, and it's just like, Daniel can do me a favour, just don't worry about that just yet and we are just talking in general and I said, Daniel, you just worry about yourself and your recovery and I could see, obviously, the obvious because your mum doesn't hide her emotions, you could yep. I could really the concern around a whole range of things. Uh, she decided to, you know, what's she going to do with work and things like that, and she was talking to me about it, and I didn't want to say anything in front of Daniel, but I just pulled her aside, and, and I think this would have been a Monday or a Tuesday. Um, as we're leaving, I just asked your mum, could I have a quick chat with you? And she mm-hmm. just walked out with us, and I said. Just, I need you to understand something. Don't worry financially. If you want to resign from work, resign. Uh, Daniel has got everything set up to perfection. And financially, it, there's not going to be an issue. Uh, the first thing we're doing is we're, we're applying for his income protection. We got that paid from day one. Yep. Uh, so that was paid out as a lump sum from day one. Uh, we put in his personal trauma insurance claim, the buy-sell agreements. So we spoke to Michael as well on that too. Uh, so basically what it was is I said to Marianne, I just want you to, you can, and this is the power of the insurance, the living insurance. So, you know, I, was, I mean, my first ever trauma claim was my father All right. uh, with a stroke. And, and the power of living insurance is being able to say, just recover. That's what your, all your role is here now is to recover. You do not have to worry financially about anything. And giving your mum that peace of mind, I think, that yeah, afternoon she resigned. A, yeah, a lot of peace of mind. I remember talking to her about it and saying, yeah, Tony's talked to me. I'm right. Yep. So. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I mean, I didn't go into a lot of death, but I knew mm-hmm. financially she didn't have to worry, but I think she rang up and resigned that afternoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's... Um, so so that, at that yeah. time, were you still... Did you, did you return home or you, you were yeah, already Yeah, so home? I was still in the army at that stage. Yep. Um, that weekend, I'd come over for the surgery and whatnot. Yep. Um, so I think we were just taking it in shifts in the old hospital. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I guess it put in perspective where I was going at that stage, um, like yep. leaving the army. Um, yeah. Had you already decided to leave the army at that stage? I was sort of umming and ahhing, like it was pretty close, obviously. I'd just got married that year, so yeah. that strain being away all the time. Yep. But that sort of cemented it, like I need to be back here um, with the family, help yeah. them through this. So were you at that stage where you had to make a decision on either renewing for another term um, so they don't really they do initial term these days yeah so like you got your four or six years yeah and then after that you just sort of stay on okay um, so you can just make a decision at any time yeah yeah um, so yeah I got to they actually were really good the army they gave me a position back in Melbourne 
so like a transition for a year um so i was working out at five six in hawthorne mm-hmm. um and then yeah was able to help dad when i needed to yeah. help mum yeah it yeah. was good yeah so i remember um getting a text from you yeah uh, just in regards to the progress and the first operation that was very successful mm-hmm. and you had sent a text out to everyone uh which was great news um, on, on a lighter side, I'm mm. glad that he knew how to use a phone at that stage as well. Progressed. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in-house joke. <laughs> that is an in-house one, but I'm happy with it. <laughs> uh, just, just remember, his retro Nokia is going to be <laughs> yeah. worth more money than any Apple or Samsung in the future. <laughs> so. Sorry, you can get back to that story. I just wanted to get that one in okay, there. So, well, the good thing is, is it just goes to show a Nokia can still actually send a text on. <laughs> oh, send some random ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, but um, got that text and, and that was, <coughs> that was heart, lift, uh, heart lifting mm-hmm. uh, to see that. And, you know, we, we did get things put in play after that diagnosis and, you know, got the first round of insurances paid out. And, yep. um, and do you want to talk about the, uh, the impact that that had on your mum, especially in regards to, you know, because they were, had the ability to be able to, buy the house without a mortgage and, yeah. and things like that as well so which was a beautiful dream house for them yeah what they wanted to do so um do you want to talk about that that sort of take just giving that bit of freedom yeah well yeah. at the time um we were living so it was my parents myself and lisa were there for temporarily and then we had both sets of grandparents in the house too yeah so it was pretty full on um especially going through that sort of stuff yeah and then yeah this was set up they had the money to be able to buy a place um and keep one of the grandparents on yeah um, so i think yeah lisa and i stayed with them for a little bit as well yeah um yeah. in that initial phase yeah but yeah it was really yeah amazing i guess for um they looked at it as like dad being able to provide as well through what you guys did mm. for mum in that last stage um, to give her a place that he knew was like safe and mm. yeah, really set her up. Yeah, it's good. And I think also too, from the business perspective, it took a lot of pressure off Michael, mm. who was watching one of his dearest friends extremely ill. Yep. Uh, you know, especially as a business partner. But on top of that, though, there wasn't the financial pressure on the firm to have to keep paying. I mean, we had a clause in their buy-sell agreement that the firm would pay for the first three months salary and then the income protection policy would kick in mm-hmm. uh, and then with the key person cover that was paid out uh, the firm didn't have any financial strain on doing that and were able to actually uh, they already had Sean at that time and Sean was great and really able to step up but also be able to hire somebody else uh, to be able to just replace Daniel for that period of time because the one thing is, is when you're an owner or a director of a business, you tend to work twice as hard as most other people, yeah. uh, usually for half the pay. <laughs> so it's, uh, but it did give them some financial resources to not have to worry, but also to, um, even from the buy-sell agreement side, which we did have to kick in a few months later, mm-hmm. um, it gave Michael the resources to be able to pay out Marianne, Marianne to be able to hand her shares back, uh, or debt to be forgiven uh, because they did have debt in the business yep. uh, through those payments 
uh, Marianne getting a lump sum for the value of the shares in the business and Michael not having to actually fork out a dollar for it. And I remember Michael saying that if he had to raise that money, yeah. it would have basically bankrupted him. He'd gone through a divorce and besides the business gave everything to the ex-wife. and yeah. um, So to actually have to raise that money um, against the business uh, and then have to make repayments on that, it's far easier to pay for insurance premiums. And then, as I've always said, insurance is about taking the liability off your books and giving it to the insurance company. Yeah. You know, so, and you know, in, in the talk I give on this, you have to commend the insurance companies. All of them stood up and were brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the claims officer, Daryl Burke at uh, MLC, he was just sensational. Uh, he sat down, he said, listen, I believe this is the best way where you'll get the maximum result on these claims as well. So rather than saying, you know, no, the insurance company looks, there's, there's a stigma with insurance companies saying, oh, they always try not to pay claims. Insurance companies are in business for one reason, to collect premiums and to pay claims, nothing else. Yeah. Uh, they have no other reason to be in business. and. Their job is when a claim is there, it actually gets paid and gets paid in the most valuable way possible. So uh, MLC really stood up there. They're magnificent. The personal insurances, which were Tal and Mumpaf uh, and Zurich, actually. Uh, so we had what, four insurance companies involved and they all stood up and were brilliant. So very brilliant. So, yeah, so your journey into this industry. Yep. So how did, what, what made you think of that and how did that come about? Well, after the army, like, I was searching, I guess. I still wanted to serve people in some way and came to a point maybe last year I was going to join the police force and then injured myself and really thought about um, the family lifestyle and what sort of lifestyle I want um, and remembered, like, the impact you guys had on my family, like, not just my mum but, like, my grandparents, um, I think my cousin is with you guys now too. Mm-hmm. Um, and really being able to help them financially through rough times. But even like, I remember you coming into the hospital and sitting beside the bed and really helping um, emotionally in, on that side meant a lot to the family. So to be able to do that to other people would be amazing. So I guess that's where I want to go eventually. Yeah, I remember you reaching out. We had some meetings. Um, and That's I, right. The last thing Daniel actually said to me was, I said some stupid joke. And he looked at me and he said, he laughed and he said, you're still a dag. <laughs> Melted my heart. <laughs> so, once again, only person who could ever laugh at me. Joke. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I laugh sometimes at you, mate. <laughs> you laugh, at you. You're laughing yeah. at me. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing at me. But yeah, I, rem- I remember us having those calls and, um, you know, as, as Tony, I think we were saying just before, you know, we put that warning, obviously there was that family relationship, but, you mm. know, I've met you um, and we had a beer and, I mean, when you come to the thing, and it was like, yeah, Tony, this guy's going to work. Um, he's going to work really well for us. I so. Stayed right out of that because of my relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so it's, um, and, and I think we we're talking about that culture we're building in here, and you know, I guess as an introduction, you, you joined a month ago. Um, obviously, yep. it's sort of now your second week in a sense um, mm-hmm. after a little break to Adelaide, which was great. Um, but I think you fit in well, mate, and I think the culture Thank we're you. building here is great, and I can already see that. What's interesting is like. I always laugh that if I wasn't back, if I was back advising, I'd actually be an insurance advisor, not 
a wealth advisor because I've actually seen the impacts on multiple people. Um, yeah. And to me, it's a lot more powerful than talking funds management. I know a lot of other people in the business prefer yeah. that side. Um, as it's sort it's of a bit the, more sexy. A bit more sexy. And, you know, yeah. the insurance the insurance side's had a stigma, I guess. I, I think more in the US than Australia, but yeah. um, it's always had that stigma. But, you know, when you see the impact, um, when you see what it can do for families um, and, and you can see that stress you know it's a, it's a difficult time but when the stress is taken away um, it can also help in that recovery so yep. you know that, that's sort of where I was pushing and for you to probably see it more personal than anyone else um, for you to go explain that to a client and, and actually be able to help them through their own process um, I think will have a profound impact on people absolutely um, and I actually do genuinely admire you, Jordan, in regards to taking the step of saying, yeah, I want to help people. How can I help people? You've served the nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were looking at joining the police force, but you saw this as a way that if no one ever has to worry about financial anxiety or stress or mm-hmm. paying the mortgage and things like that, that is one of the most noblest things you can do. The you know yeah. a a wealthy country, and I say country, not necessarily individuals, but a wealthy country is able to support all its citizens. And I think that's, uh, so you've actually, from my perspective, I think our industry is one of the most noble industries uh, on earth. Um, And I really do know that you are going to serve everyone based on that. You know our ruling here, everyone has to walk out in a better financial position what they were when they walked in. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I know is genuinely very close to your heart. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're very we're very proud uh, to have you. to have a nod here. I'm looking forward to his jokes starting to come out, then we'll learn if he's a really how much of a nod he is. <laughs> well, he doesn't laugh at me like his father used to. But no, mate, thanks very much for joining us in the podcast. Um, I know we thrust you straight into it and really didn't give you any background on what we were doing today. But we also really appreciate your actual, to put it bluntly, your bravery to be able to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you. It's a very important conversation because it's real life. It's not a story. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you. Kofkin Bond Podcast is a product from Kofkin Bond & Co, which we are an authorised representative of Kofkin Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Kofkin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.